Black Men Cry Too is an invitation for men of color to feel safe to unpack their hurt and share their truth. This space was created as an invitation for men of color to feel empowered to know it's okay that they can cry too. Did I scare you? Just kidding. It's at RetroBarbie92, the founder of hashtag Black Men Cry 2, T-O-O. And I'm here to tell you, autumn is in the air. And Manscaped is here to ensure you don't carve your pumpkins when you're grooming. And by pumpkins, we actually mean your voice downstairs. Now, let's not scare your partners who like to wander down yonder. So, in fact, Manscaped is on a mission to change the way you approach caring for your balls. And great news, they just released their products in the UK, Canada, and Australia. Be sure you head over to manscaped.com and use your code BLACKMENCRY2TOO to get 20% off and free shipping. Make your balls a priority this fall. Thank you, Mac, for sitting down with me today. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. I'm very excited to have this conversation with you. So am I. To start off, let's take a little toast. Cheers. So to start the conversation, you are a clinically licensed mental health counselor who specializes not only in relationships, but black relationships. Correct. For the past five years, I've only worked with black couples. What was the purpose? Um, So I wanted to work with black couples because um being a black man um i had a front row seat to what's happening in the black community in terms of relationships in terms of love healing and trauma and i wanted to use my privilege as a black male therapist to get the trainings the knowledge and the research that's already been done to learn it master it and take it back to my community so we can build the bedrock for positive and healthy black love and black relationships. I love how you said healthy love and healthy relationships. Correct. What do you think a healthy relationship is or looks like? <laughs> right. So technically speaking, um, there's not really a one definition that that fits it. But I would just say um, knowing how to com- communicate, um, conflict management, having strong, strong friendship having trust and commitment. So to me, I feel like trust and commitment are the two pillars. If those two do not exist, you don't have a relationship. You have something that's unhealthy that's gonna cause more harm and more trauma and more heartbreak. So until those two are built and agreed upon, you're wasting your time. I've wasted my time plenty many times. (laughs) Well, that's besides the point, that's not about me. When you mention communication, mm-hmm. I think about effective communication. Correct. And I feel like that's one of the major issues within our community and our relationships. Mm-hmm. What does effective communication actually look like in a relationship, a healthy relationship? <laughs> yeah, so um, the communication piece for, 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 for some reason is so misunderstood. And it, it, it boggles me because that's the first thing you learn as a therapist, as a couples therapist. So most people would say you need to listen to understand and not listen to reply. That is the biggest lie. That is the oh, biggest myth. And for some reason, it's the most popular yeah, saying. Okay, I that was a thing. <laughs> right. So 
think of com communications, um, healthy communication as a fight, right? If I walk up to you and I punch you in your face, what oh. are you going to do? Punch back? Correct. So if I walk up to you using my words and I label you and I criticize you, for, for, for example, if I say um, you are selfish, you only think of yourself, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? I'm going to be defensive. Correct. So it's very unfair for, for me to say, well, you're not listening to understand, you're listening to reply, but I just attacked you. I just punched you in your face, mm. right? I feel like in the self-help culture, we take away the human nature, the human component, right? We're saying all of these things, that sounds good, sounds great, right? But in reality, is that practical? So the key to a healthy com communication is, it's 96% on how you started, right? So it's like, hey, lately I've been feeling neglected and minimizing our relationship. Um, I, f I feel like the friendship is not there no more and I truly, truly miss you. I miss spend spending time with you. I miss having my best friend. So how about this weekend, we drop off the kids to grandma and we just spend all weekend watching Netflix and reconnecting again. What would you say to that? I mean, what time are we dropping them off? All right. <laughs> so that's exactly my point. If I started positively, correctly, without attacking you, but actually taking into mindset how I'm feeling and labeling those, those emotions for you, you will be better able to understand it because I'm not attacking you, right? I'm not saying you're bad or you're, you're horrible. I'm saying these behaviors are horrible and they need to change. Not that you need to change, but the behaviors that you're engaging in needs to change. That's why listening to reply and not listening to understand is nonsense. With that, it's interesting to think about when someone tries to adopt those practices and use that with their partner and they're still met with a defense mechanism mm -hmm. or they're still shut down. Mm -hmm. What would you say in those situations? So uh, someone will only get defensive when they feel attacked. So if you find your partner being defensive, you need to ask yourself, did I start the conversation properly or when exactly did I attack my partner? And you can directly ask them, hey, did you feel attacked? And, and if they say yes, then you say, you know what? I'm sorry, can I restart, right? You take a second, you reformulate your thoughts, you pick your words carefully, right? You need to avoid the word you, right? Those are fighting words, never fighting words, always fighting words. The minute you say you never, like, well, I did this two years ago. What are you talking about? You always, not true. Last week, I didn't do that, right? So those are fighting words. So er eradicate those three terms from your vocabulary when you're engaging in conversation will actually lead to a be better outcome. So couples argue about the same thing 85% of the time. Yeah, I believe that. The same thing. The same exact subject, just in different clothing, just in different language. Right. But one of the reasons why is because you only need to solve 31% of your differences to have a healthy relationship. Hmm. So 69% of it you will never solve. Hmm. For, for example, right, if, if I'm a cat person and you're a dog person, we will never solve that. What if we both get a cat and dog? <laughs> right. So, so, so that's even better. If you're outgoing and I'm an introvert, we will never solve that. I understand we need that. to learn how to manage that. But we can solve where we're going on vacation. 
um, which family member we're going to spend time with for, for the holidays and things like that, right? So we need to understand what's solvable and what needs to be managed. We solve what we need to solve and we manage what we need to manage. I like that approach. That's the key. I like that approach a lot. Yeah. I love that approach. With that, you made me think about with removing words like never and always. Mm -hmm. I think about triggers. Yes, triggers. How does one respond when they're triggering their partner and they're unaware that they're triggering their partner? Maybe their partner is unaware that they're getting triggered mm -hmm. and that's leading to more conflict because of this unknown trigger of I trauma. That. That's an excellent question, as you always do. I'm you put me right into my clinical bag, <laughs> which is my favorite bag to be. So what you're speaking of um, talks in, in, in terms of flooding. So when, when I'm doing couples therapy, the first thing I have my couples do is where a heart rate monitor on their finger, right? So for mm -hmm. a male, once your heartbeat passes 100, that tells you you're being triggered and you're in a flooding state, meaning that you're no longer thinking rationally nor radically. You're just overwhelmed with, with emotions. At that time period, it's, it's recommended that you take a 20-minute break so you can relax yourself and, and put your mind in a space where you can actually have a conversation. For women, it's 80 beats per minute. And anything over that, you are flooded. You're no longer listening to me. You're, you're no longer able to have a conversation. I've given you too much um, criticism I've attacked you way too much. Now you just can't process anything else, right? So when that usually happens as well, um, most, most people will withdraw. You've ever had a conflict with, with someone and just stopped talking to you? Yeah. Yeah, so that's called stonewalling, right? 80% of males will engage in stonewalling. It must be all the males I deal with. <laughs> <laughs> the reason why is because they've been attacked too much. Right? You're giving them too much at once. They cannot process all, all of their emotions, so they can either fight or flight. Right? So they decide to just stop talking. That's also a power move. However, um, when a man does that, the woman see it, oh, you're not paying attention to me. You're not engaging with me. So I'm gonna just keep shouting more things to get a reaction out of you. That's actually counterproductive. Right? At that time period, you know, if you notice it, that's when to take a break and reconnect later and have the conversation again. I love that. It makes me think of when is a good time to say, hey, we as a couple should look into doing couples, couples therapy. therapy. Yes. Yes. So I would say play offense. Don't, don't play defense. Or offense is your best defense. Meaning that if there's someone that you want to be with, and you guys are stable and you guys want a forever after, be proactive by going to therapy prior to the issue starting. On average, couples wait six years too late before going to therapy. Or couples will, will show up in therapy when they've already contacted a lawyer or this is the last option. Gotcha. So part of my screening is, 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 is finding out how dedicated are you to actually making this work? Have you contacted a lawyer yet? Do you? Do you have a plan to be out? Because if that's the case, then therapy may not work. We may now need to have a conversation about how we're going to dissolve this relationship in the most healthy way, right? So I always recommend couples, right? Before you get married, 
or even if you're just dating and that's someone you want to be with, go to a couples therapy, go learn the skills, go learn how to communicate, go learn how to resolve your conflicts, go learn to see which one is solvable, which one needs to be managed. Go learn how to increase that friendship and, and have that and continue to build that trust and that commitment. Don't wait until some shit happen for you to, to, to come to us and be like, this is my last attempt. Then it's not fair to us as therapists because there may be so much to do, which is why mm -hmm. I, I offer marathon sessions. Like we, we could have a session for four hours. Wow. Sometimes the relationship could be so, so unhealthy. And, and, and if I allow you to leave after just one hour or two hours, that may not be enough. Then I make myself available all day six hours, eight hours, and we get right into it, especially if there's a lot of trauma involved in that relationship, that's the best way to, 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 to address it. Also, a lot of couples, they don't wanna keep seeing me weekly or bi-weekly. They want results right, right here, right now, right? So if we lock down for eight hours, then we can get some work done. That's amazing. I don't think I've ever heard that approach before. So I really, truly love that. It sounds like the fake marriage boot camp that's on TV. <laughs> Anyone behind that, don't sue me. But it just seems more productive to be in one place and just hash everything out. Because that's what I always think of with conflict resolution. Just hash everything out, put it all on the table. Let's walk away from it and not carry it anymore, which I think is a problem within the community. We carry so much for so long that we don't even realize what we're carrying. Yes. With that, do you think that's part of the reason why within our community we're so hesitant to one, go to therapy on our own, let alone go to therapy with our partner? Like that's yeah. not something you see done or practice in our C community. Correct. So um, I, I was born and raised in Haiti, right? So I have that Caribbean, that Haitian, and that black background, right? We've learned uh, our troubles in the family remain between us or we pray about it, or we go to Jesus about it. We, we don't talk to outsiders about it, which right. is why um, I, I created um, ther Therapies for Everyone right here, as you can see, which is also the, the name of my private practice, where I only work with black couples, black individuals, only it. black therapists work there Love to it. cater to our community. My goal is Love to it. normalize therapy in the black com community and in the world, right? We should all have access to having someone to talk to the same way that we we can go to the doctors we can go to the dentist right a lot of us will will, will get our yearly checkup we'll see our dentist we'll see our OBGYN for for women and your venologist for males but then actually did you get a mental health checkup how are you doing mentally right how have you done a screening yet how do you know how do you know what's going on in your mind if you didn't actually spend the time to get screened and see how healthy you are? Right. That's something that we also need to start normalizing. And would you suggest also for couples to do therapy on their own personally as well as do couples therapy? So personally, right, I believe that part of couples therapy is addressing your own issues as well. Right, because okay. that shows up in the relationship. Mm -hmm. This idea and this concept, this this myth that you need to do the work outside of the relationship, or, or or you need to do your work when you're single, so you can be in a relationship. Like that is so backwards. 
a relationship will show you exactly who you are and what you need to address in order to function in the relationship. Think of children, right? Children are the result of their relationship with their parents. So why would you believe that being by, by yourself will allow you to do the work? Think about um, traumatic events and you having to deal with that by yourself. That's a lot harder than having a supportive partner that understands, that want to be part of the process for you. Like when, when you are triggered and when you're having flashback, they can sit right next to you and hold you and know how to be there for you and how to support you versus you're having to do it by yourself. We are social beings, like that, that's human nature. And, 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 and I feel like nowadays it's all about self-help culture, about self-care, self-fulfillment, self-this, self-that. But a relationship is about we. It's a unit. So we're so focused on the self that we have nothing to give to the we. Like we, we, look, we, we look for relationships to further our self-work, right? Also, if I get in the right relationship, I will reach my goals. I will have my self-fulfillment or I will gain the self-spirituality um, that I've been looking for or the, the peace that, that I've been looking for versus saying, okay, now we are a unit. How can we make this work? How can I support you? How can you support me? And how can we support each other, right? It's no longer me only thinking of self, but starting to think of the two of us as one and as two different parties as well that are consistently supporting and engaging with one another. I feel like um, if I don't have any edges by the end of this episode, <laughs> people will understand the reason why. Thank you for snatching all of them <laughs> off of my face. Um, to sort of lighten the mood and make mm -hmm. it optimistic, not that the mood was heavy, but what do you see for the future potential of black relationships moving forward as us and our generation are trying to break these generational curses and stigmas and release the traumas that we didn't even realize we were carrying. Yeah. Um, I am so proud. I'm so happy. I am so optimistic of how we are moving forward. Like in all my events and in, in my sessions, it's just amazing to see that people like black, black individuals, black couples, black men are calling me for therapy. Right. I, I do a premarital, um, workshop i have black men calling saying hey i'm about to get married in three months i, I want to engage in the workshop like i'm not ready for therapy yet it actually is there i was, you know I was wondering i don't right. know spoil anything and, and 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 it's amazing to see i love seeing the fact that we are engaging in that conversation like having a platform called black men cry too right right that's affirmative that's normalizing that's validating our experience and that's also combating this false narrative that men don't have emotions, right? So I'm very proud. I am excited on what we are going to accomplish. And better yet, I am, I'm, I'm enjoying the fact that research is being done, right? We're not just taking anything that's being said to us. We're actually taking the time to research things and find out what has been done, what has worked, and what hasn't worked. So me, when I do couples therapy, I do it from an evidence-based um, format, meaning that what I'm talking about and what I'm teaching you are things that have been tested and proven. It's, 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 it's not just my ideas. It's not just my objective view or I did this in my relationship, so you should do it as well. No, those are facts. Those are stats. They've been tested. They've been proven, right? I've learned 
to master them. So let me teach you, let me engage with you so the next generation can even be better. So if you think about it, right, um, children that are born in a two-parent household are less likely to be in jail, are less likely to have a mental health diagnosis, less likely to have behavioral issues, are more likely to be emotionally intelligent, are more likely to be financially responsible. Like there's so much benefit to having a healthy relationship. When you look at the black community and you look at other communities, the marriage um, stats is so far in terms of our community not having as much or as successful compared to everyone else, right? If we're a single household, there's certain advantages that we don't have. There's, there's certain environment that we're being raised in that continues the traumatic cycle versus breaking the, gen, the generational curse. And if you think about it, right, black love was never meant to succeed right. since since the onset of slavery, the black man was removed from the home. Mm -hmm. So now mass incarceration to um, police brutality, mm -hmm. right? The black man has always been the target. Mm -hmm. Remove the black man and tell the black women that they are strong and can withstand anything that we put on them. That's changing now, right? We're starting to have that dialogue, those healthy relationships so that our children can do better. I am looking forward to, have, to having a black boy so I can say I raised a black boy in America. Which is not an easy fight. It is not. But I'm looking forward to the task because we need to start instructing our black boys and equipping them and arming them with the right training, the right information, the right knowledge so they can continue on this path of excellence. I love it. I love it. I love everything. I love it <laughs> With that, since you had mentioned, you know, you want to have um, a black boy. And I know right now you have a beautiful black baby girl. Oh, yes, I do. My queen, my princess. I love hashtag girl dads. <laughs> the monster. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say to the youth? Like, what message would you give to the youth? I would say um, the same way that we're asking schools to, to be focused more on trades and more social skills more about finances and, and, and about um, learn, learning how to code and how to do daily tasks. We also need to focus on learning healthy habits when it comes to relationships. Learn how to communicate, how to address your conflict, how to deal with your anger. Also learn to, um, how to manage your emotions and how to get in touch with your emotions so that we can be better for ourselves, for our family, and for our community. Love it. Now, my favorite question is probably going to be the hardest question. Uh huh. Give me three songs three that songs. you listen to for any mood when you're upset, <laughs> when you're about to work uh, out, when you just feel happy. Three songs. Three songs. Yeah. Okay. So I'm a Jay Z fan, so I'm gonna go with Jay Z. You... You're from Brooklyn. No. Oh, just kidding. Okay. I'm a Queens guy. <laughs> but Hove is my guy, man. I guess my father to some degree um so i would go with jay-z you don't know I, I just love the idea of build building wealth and accepting your value and just breaking the cycle and just opening the market up just so so many things in, in that song number two i would say um nf 
which most people don't know. Yeah. It's a dope rapper okay. that I was put on. And the song is called Therapy Session. Huh. The album is also called Therapy Session. I'll be listening to that later. Love that. Um, third, I could go anyway with that, right? But... Desert Island, and you only have three songs. Um, third. I, I, will, I will go with um, Baby Shark. <laughs> I, I, I have a daughter. And, and I, I knew that had to be the reason. And I listened to, but to that song you mentioned so many times. So, so many times in 24 hours. I have listened to the Caribbean reggae version. I've never heard that. But so Jamaica did a remix. You should listen to that later with your daughter and take a video of you guys listening to it. Uh, so I can enjoy for gotcha, my personal reason. Gotcha. Well, it will be done. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Mac, for thank sitting down with me again. This has been an amazing conversation. You know I'm a big fan of you. Um, as always, you can follow Black Men Cry 2 at Black Men Cry 2. That's T-O-O. -O, and that's on YouTube and Instagram. Thank you so much for tuning in.